Hey, Gabriel. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? We are in Chicago at a bar. At a bar that you don't remember the <laughs> nope. name. I'll bet every single time that we have been in Chicago at the same time, I have brought you here. It's true. It's yeah. a great bar. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's called yeah. Elanel Tower and it's one of my favorite dive bars in the city and the creepiest bar in America, according to one of the notes that they have on the note. And according to the poster, they hand wrote the quote of this Google review. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, are we still enjoying like this time, like face to face? What did we watch? We watched, um, this was your pick, but more out of just the way things have flowed. Yeah. We picked the Antonioni film, La Note. Thank you to your boyfriend for teaching me how to pronounce that film. Yep. From 1961, <laughs> the movie, not my boyfriend. Yes, I believe it was 19. Yeah, it's clearly 63? like a transition from the 50s up to the 60s. 61, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is a drama. And not only that, but it's like, I also, well, this movie also like popped your cherry of the Francisco. Like it's a cinema, yeah, a cinema that I mentioned like multiple times about like going there to watch something. Is that I actually introduced you to it. You did, and you've spoken so much that I finally yeah? am happy that I can be sad at how sad San Francisco's film <laughs> scene is. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I picked this is because I know that you really like Antonioni. I think that he has like a good visual language, but I was curious to see more of him besides Blow Up and La Ventura, as we did was Which are the only two we've... We recorded about them on the podcast, but it's the only two we've seen together, Antonio. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it was not like really like, oh my god, it's like the movie that I really want to watch, but it was more of a, we check the calendar, this work, and we're going to be downtown at that point. So... I had seen this movie one time in the past when I was going through my Antonioni phase in my mid-twenties, but I haven't seen it since then, so maybe 2006, seven somewhere in there, so it's been 18, 17 years. Yep. You had not seen it ever. Not at all. Nope, it's the first time. So, uh, as this was my pick, I guess that you have to summarize this. I do have to summarize this. Um, this is a film essentially about a husband and wife whose marriage is ending slowly and I wouldn't call it amicably, but they're both, well, they're both realizing that they don't. This yeah, marriage is not fulfilling each other's needs. Um, and so the film starts out where the two of them are visiting a mutual friend in the hospital who's dying. I don't think they ever say it. Don't really don't say your voice yeah. But he's on morphine, and the morphine is allowing for some more truthful conversations, and it's bringing up a lot for the couple. We find out a little bit later in the film that um, the wife actually had feelings for him, but nothing ever happened. I think that we may actually hear like the other way around that the guy had feelings for her and wanted to invest on That's her, yeah. but she never like corresponded. She says at some point later in the film that he could have had me out of boredom because I was bored. But anyway. Yeah. So the main couple uh, is played by Marcello Mastroianni. I'm probably not saying, saying that correctly. And Jean Moreau. Is it Jeannie Moreau? Jeannie Moreau. Jeannie Moreau. Yeah. Um, and so they start at the hospital. It's kind of devastating. And then they end up at a party for... Probably the elite social class yeah. of Milan at the time the film takes place in Milan. Yeah. Um, and then it's, you just kind of experience the party through the eyes of both 
these two characters. Yeah, yeah, this movie like two hours and something, and basically it's just one night. It's like one night where actually just falls apart. How just my how uh, they actually. At the beginning, he's not like too excited about going because he's a writer and he's going to have like a party, like a reception for his book at the beginning. And he's a bit more of a you don't have to come and you don't want to. But he said, no, no, let's do it. And then he started like insisting about like, hey, let's just go out and everything. And he's like, just pulling for a I want the night to continue. And we see Mastroniani like just being too flirty. With almost every single woman that just goes past with him. I wouldn't call it flirty. He's aggressively looking to fuck. And he's doing it in front of his wife. And he finds his favorite target of the evening. A young woman played by Monica Vitti, who is the daughter of the person throwing the party at the villa. And the wife watches them kiss. But I think she's hurt because he's her partner. But she doesn't love him anymore. No. Um, and the party ends at some point, and the, so does the relationship. Yeah, we have like a closing scene of last 10 minutes when she actually just says, I don't love you anymore. Because I was afraid that the routine would actually kill us. Um, it did. And he, even though he is the womanizer, she has the opportunity to have sex with a very attractive gentleman, and she's like, Look, I'm sorry, I can't. And he would have. Yep. And he was the one desperate to keep her. And she's like, no, I'm done. And he tries to have sex with her and she's like, you're raping me, stop. Yeah. The end. Yep. Fine. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I like the finale. That is so really like, fine. Well, we're so used fine. to French films that it's like, fine. <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's pretty much it. It's a very... It, it's not like a lot of stuff happens. There is a lot of uh, introspective scenes where we see the wife like just working around, like trying to get a glance at someone, trying to sparkle like some kind of sexual connection. And how at the end of the season, not 100% committed to that, because I think that partially she feels guilty about like doing something that it would be betrayed the marriage that when the other way like the other guys like the other way around is that it's just circumstances that he didn't end up having sex with anyone and we get into a, a place where I get confused about what social norms are because yeah. I've only been to Italy once my husband has Italian connections they have a different approach to quote unquote fidelity in my opinion as a puritanical American raised in a cult sure. I'm just going to calm them down um and so I, I couldn't tell, like, the wife seems to be a, not okay, but tolerant of his behavior the entire night. I think that is tolerant from the perspective of, uh, this is over, is that this is over, so I should actually just, like, have some fun. I don't know why I should be delaying this into being a single woman for, you know, like, waiting for a divorce or something. That I, I, he's doing it, I assume that he's doing it, I should be doing it too. But she still feels sad that they cannot talk about the topic instead of doing, you know, like betraying each other on their backs. I agree with you that this film is sad. It's a sad film. But it's tricky. It doesn't feel sad until you realize... To me, it didn't feel sad oh. until I realized, like, this isn't just a rough day in their relationship. This no, it's is... The it's the end. And yep. 
it's super sad watching what they do at the party. The, the, like the night that is like how they, they still want like partially to still like keep being out because they know that in the point that they come back they need to face like the reality of this marriage no longer exists. So when you and I watched Blow Up, we were I you had never seen Blow Up? No, I had never seen it. So I had seen it before and I was mind blown. I thought it was so good. And then you and I rewatched it and we were both like yeah, but, weaker. but I think what we saw in Blow Up, and we discussed this last night, is that he has a visual language. A visual language. He knows how to fill up a frame. Yeah. He just needed better subject matter than Blow Up, and I think. He, wait, did no, Blow no. Up come out before this? I don't remember. You are the one. I I'll, I'll have to look at this, but yeah. I feel like he matured in a way where he's. Examining not photographs, looking at an empty murder, but looking at a real relationship, and that that was kind of brutal. I felt, I felt like this could have, this is a, it could have been a Coppola movie, a Sofia Coppola movie, but it's better. From the slow burn, that you already know where they are going from the beginning. From the first ten minutes, is that you on the first opening scene when you see them like, just walking next to each other, you understand it, that they are not happy, but they're married. You're right. This could have been um, a Sofia Coppola film, one hundred percent. But Antonio, yeah, but Antonio yeah. made it better. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Sofia. But I agree. You could easily see this. Um, what is her movie about the movie star at? Lost in Translation? No, the one after that that everyone loved, but it was so boring where the oh. movie star stays at the Chateau Marmont. Elsewhere? Mm. Nowhere? El, no, yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could easily been a somewhere sort of film. Like, surrounded by luxury and sophistication, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, the last Do you think about Fellini while watching this? Did I think about what? About Fellini. I mean, yes. just going with Mastroianni, but it, I feel like, hey, no. this is like the Dolce Vita kind of style, but also, I feel like when we were watching La Dolce Vita, it's like they roll with that. And I was going to compare it to La Dolce Vita and Amarcord, yeah. Amarcord and I was like, oh no, they're different. <laughs> well, I mean, they're different, but that's what I appreciate of this, is that they don't roll with what is that Dolce Vita, is that they actually go into... And below this, there is this sadness that is like we see like the woman like roaming the streets of Milan, like try to get something. Basically, and it's pretty sad and disturbing. Yeah, I mean it's it's brutally sad, and maybe the reason I was reminded of Fellini is because I do feel like Fellini's film harshly his films harshly judge the upper class for being. Uh, Idolistic yeah. and existential, but vacuous at the same time. Maybe yeah, that's why. Here they're not really vacuous on that sense. It's just that there is a sadness. But I lie, like the closing when she's explaining about, like, yeah, I was afraid that routine will kill us. And indeed, it's like we just got used to each other. That's an interesting point. I don't think the people were vacuous, but the experience of the party was vacuous because the two main characters were dealing with something so far outside, and I found that contrast. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the party was cool. The party that they had like a jazz band playing in there, suddenly they had like a giant pool, everything starts to rain, and you see like people having fun and enjoying the experience, but that they are going through the worst point of their lives. And they, she has accepted it, but he hasn't. He's just like, well, we are unhappy, so whatever, I will fuck whatever. It's interesting because I spent most of the first, well, most of the two hours pitying her until I was really impressed by how quickly I almost said Fellini. Antonioni made him look pathetic in oh, the yeah. last... Oh, the last 10 minutes. It made me he's... so uncomfortable. And I yeah. was like, why was I pitying her? He's the desperate one. She's just like sad and sure yeah, of yeah, yeah. She's like, just like using like, the idea of, hey, I'm going to try to hunt for someone as a way of coping with what is happening around me. But it's like, I know the reality. I accept the reality. But she also seemed to have the emotional intelligence, like, she, I could fuck this guy, this isn't going to make me feel better, Let, let's yeah, go yeah. back to the party. And he was like, Monica Vini, you're 20, can I fuck you? Yeah, yeah. That's, the party was like super ugly, it's at the end, and it's funny that they say like, we talk a bit more about like, the end at the beginning, we don't talk about like what is in between, because it feels like a bit more of a slice of life. A bit more of a, hey, we are being boyers through what is going on. But it's, like, it's not that it's that important, it's a bit more about like, the resolution at the end. And I, I think I said this to you last night, that we were high. <laughs> I'm trying, probably. <laughs> that I felt like Antonioni wanted us to be a guest at this party. Yeah. And observe them yep. as a guest. And yep. I'm yeah. fine with that. I, no, I, like I went that. to that party and it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a good party. Now, like, some of the things that we saw during that party were pretty, pretty awkward. And devastating. Yep. Awkward and devastating. Yep. I love that I see, well, at the end, when she reads the letter, that is, oh, you are still sleeping and waking up, I can see your smile, I can see your skin, I feel like this, I feel this love for you, blah, blah, blah. And he asks, who, who wrote that? I'll bet he's a writer. They say, okay, this is a bit of a special disability that I had to apply here. He's like, who wrote that? Who? who? Who's the fucker that wrote that? He's like, it was you. It was you the first night that we met together. On one hand, I was like, am I supposed to understand that he is an empty person that just, like, pays compliments? to a woman until he sleeps with her and then he forgets but then on the other hand if your profession is writing like I can read shit I wrote 20 years ago I don't recognize it mm, that's true but we're talking about like something that you dedicated to the person that you end up with yeah that's a good point is it probably you wrote stuff to Pablo filthy <laughs> you can recognize the style yeah, yeah this, you know absolutely. So from the perspective, I just feel like, okay, this is a bit of a, I have to roll with what is the emotional impact that he wants to achieve, but I don't buy into it. And it bums me out because I feel like Mastroianni, the person, consistently took roles that make Italian men look like uh, cheating bimbos. And I don't, yeah. I don't know whether or not Mastroianni had substance. I think he's talented, but I've been fascinated with the fact that he had a wife and a long-term lover who was Catherine Deneuve and both Catherine Deneuve and his wife were at his deathbed when he died and they were okay with each other and this is why I have a hard time interpreting what happened at that party because there's a different approach to marriage and fidelity in Italian culture Okay. as I say this as an ugly American yeah yeah I I don't know so much about Italian from Spain and is it that good people that would be like the kind of thing of you would be implicitly expecting 
from a man, but it wouldn't be okay that you actually did it. I'm so emotionally stunted that an open relationship doesn't compute in my head, but like, if they were so okay that they were there with him at his death together... Oh yeah, yeah. we're talking about that, is that that's completely their business. Yeah. What I'm saying is that the average Spaniard, he's like in a Spanish marriage, he's like, the guy can be like a bit of a more reliable back in the day. Part of it. You know, like right. I'm thinking about like when I was four, is that the man is like the one that will have like an affair. Like the, the women is like, that, that's not conceivable that they would have affair. The hypocrisy. Europe is so hypocritical, they could oh, learn some things say. from Americans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just leave it there. No, let's, no. Let's, just, let's just leave it there. I believe America's hypocritical, that was the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the experience. I, Like I said, this was the second time I watched it. I will say that because we just recorded about Inland Empire, that I was obsessed with David Lynch films in my 20s and I was watching everything, but then once I got to Inland Empire, I thought, no more. <laughs> that, that same thing happened in my 20s was with this not? film. I, oh, wow. I watched La Ventura a couple times, I watched a few Antonioni films. I Blow Up too. I watched Blow Up, and then I got to La Note and I thought, this wasn't bad, but I need some time off. Huh. But I really liked it the second time. I really like this movie. Yeah. Honestly, it's like it's even I was telling you, I was talking about my friend yesterday. I was saying, it's like this movie is making me want to watch that movie again. Oh yeah, you mentioned that last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like, look, visually, this is incredible. Because <laughs> they have all the scenes you could actually just print. And I know that they said this about Leo Carax and other folks. That is like, I don't know other movies that much, you know. But visually, they're incredible, you know. But uh, in this case, I just felt like some of the scenes are incredible. Like by today's standards, like this was done 62 years ago. I need to stick And I, I do think he didn't sacrifice substance for style. I think both things were there in this film, which has been a complaint of ours previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he fixed it. Yeah, yeah. Also, I just looked it up. Blow Up came out five years after this. Good. Yep. Good. Not to hear that. <laughs> I was afraid about that. Uh, no, I think that there's like a lot of uh, substance. And the thing is that when I was watching it, I was thinking, I said, dude, is that this is a, this is a like movie? Is that this is like a middle high class, like being a, and not being able to cope with it and just trying to destroy their lives without like facing the problem? Yep. I mean, it's kind of disguised because. It's dated in the sense that technology was what it was in the 60s, but yeah, like, if Ang Lee had directed this in 2020, I would have been masturbating to this. Are we talking about, about the Isis Storm again? We are, yes. Dude, <laughs> Should we go over the questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, um, Jose, would you watch this again? Definitely, yes. I had a feeling that it's, like, it's something that I would want to actually have, like, a Antonioni weekend. Yeah, in fact, I after watching rewatching it, I was like, let's go back to the Criterion store to see, <laughs> see what Antonio. <laughs> yes, so we would both watch it again. Um, would you recommend this? Yes, I'm not sure if I, I don't think that I would recommend it to my parents because I have the feeling that is that this can be a Marius destroyer. Not to my parents, but it's like, I had a feeling that like, if your relationship is not going well, watching this can be like be a two eye opener. Yeah. Um, I would I would recommend this 
not as like <clears throat> if I was like you need to watch Antonioni films. This isn't at the top, but this is solid across the board. It's solid. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I would recommend it to anyone. Um, will you remember this? I think so from the general idea that is a basically a couple like falling apart and they spend a night out. I love the idea that is like the movie just takes place over a single night from the afternoon to the morning when they actually just wake up in the party. Well, I was impressed that I had forgotten the hospital part at the beginning, oh, yeah. the party I remembered, so I will remember this as well. Yeah. Do you think that actually like, the hospital part is that important? She has I, two I, parts. Is like the part about like that woman? It's a cool scene, like the woman. Like she said, "Can you help me? Can you help me fix this? Can you get in my room?" And how is like the nurse saying, "Like just slap that bitch. Oh, like, just stop, just slap." And the other part is like, about like the interaction with a friend. I mean, if we wanted to get into like a literary analysis, does everything that happened in the hospital mirror itself later in the party, and does it immediately expose him as a predator who tried to rape a mentally ill person versus someone who went to visit a dear friend? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, it, could they have gotten around that hospital part with some clever exposition at the party? 100%, because the catalyst for their discussion is that the wife is bored at the party and calls the hospital. She finds out that the friend died, and that causes that very intense conversation about how she would have slept with him. Yeah, I love Warden. Yeah. So it is like an impetus for interesting conversations. Yeah. But well, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. So I'm saying I do think it was valuable, but they could have gotten around it if they wanted to shorten this to 90 minutes. So the thing is, that she would actually would have slept with the friend that it was on the friend's song just because out of boredom. Well, you could try. I guess that I slept with him. Not because I was in love with him or anything, or because of all the care that he showed for me. He said, That's out of order. But he said, It doesn't look like Mastroniani. He would actually sleep uh, with Giuseppe. Giuseppe? Yeah, it was his yeah. Name. Uh, He was like trying to sleep around because out of order. It's because he's a satyr. He loves sex. Yeah. But I think it was valuable in the way it illustrated what she valued. She wanted somebody that adored her, and this man didn't adore her. He took her to a party and humiliated her. So yeah, but the other, guy, the other guy adored her, and it was not what he wanted. I think that he wanted someone that it was slightly mean to her. Yes. She needed someone older than her, a little bit mean to her. And then just to be unhappy, because she's like, I'm divorcing you, and I wish I had slept with this dude who died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the, the characters were complex, you know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember all of the new ones. I just feel like it's like the high level idea that is like we have a couple that their marriage is falling apart and they don't want to face the fight and they need someone really close to them to die for actually evaluating what are they doing with their lives. I think that I will remember that part. Alright. So, would you say there is anything artistic about this? Everything. Every single frame is like. There are like some scenes, like when he goes into the room of the mentally ill woman and she's like against the white wall and he walks. It's, it's amazing how many scenes we see, like from the back of the characters, that is like hey, we are looking not through their eyes, 
but then we're looking at them, looking at something else. It's like it's not so much about like what they see, it's about like how we see them looking at something else. I felt like that this is visual language, this is like the kind of stuff that when they explain Mr. Song and all of the kind of classical stuff, is that you can look at Antonio and say, this guy is, is a master. We should watch Laventure. So Laventure is the film he did right before this. This was, so that came out in 1960, this came out in 61. We well, should well, only one year. Yeah. Um, would you turn this into a TV show? I don't think so. Honestly. I would not. I feel like the way we experienced the party in a single swoop and then it was over, that was too valuable to me. I wouldn't change that in the slightest. I mean, I'm trying to think if you could actually split it in a mini show or something, a mini series. But I had the feeling that it would like so watered down. Yeah, no, I yes, wouldn't touch yeah. the film. Okay, that's fine. So what's your answer? No, I wouldn't turn anything so. Could this have been better? Honestly, no, because of the movie I was pretty tired. But that's not like the movie's fault. Yeah, I wouldn't touch this film. It's not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination, but I wouldn't dare to suggest it. Hey, Antonio. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, with Blow Up, I think that I probably said that, that it's like, this could have been better. Is what the fuck were you thinking there? It's not a perfect, it's not a term, but it's a, I still think that with what he was trying to do, like this story, was surprisingly engaging. You know, like seeing like the woman like going through this neighborhood that they are like basically like the field and being engaged with that, I thought it was like amazingly done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so no, not touching it. So, Could this have been a short then? I think that it could have been a short. It could have been shorter. I don't complain about the length. I think that it is like it's properly made, but I think that you could have reframed the movie into something shorter. Okay, I put down yes for you. For me, it's a no. No, no, no. But I don't. I, I wouldn't. If this could have been short or better. Could have been been a short. Oh, there were two questions. You oh, said, yeah, sorry, sorry, you sorry, said sorry. no, yeah. it couldn't be better, right? It couldn't. And then, could this have been a short? Yes, it could have been a short. But I don't think that it was necessary. It's not bad that it actually took like two hours for just telling this story. It's more like if you actually edit down quite a bit, you can get ahead with the same story. I, for me, I really valued the time I spent with the characters, that was too important. If this had been, let's just say, a 25-minute short, I'm not sure I would have felt their misery. <laughs> but I'm going to say no, but I'm open-minded. Oh, yeah. Um, you think they could have been better or not? You said no. I said no. I wouldn't touch this. I don't okay. know what I would say to Antonioni to try to improve it. <laughs> I like I it. Do. It's great. I do, Antonio. Yeah. He said, let's just, let's just sit down. We have to talk. <laughs> so those are all the questions. This was my pick, so I guess that you have to score it. First. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I know that you're dealing with logistics. We didn't like prepare too much. I don't know. Like... I, I feel like I gave Inland Empire a 9, and I feel like Inland Empire is slightly better, so I'm going to give this an 8.75. Okay, that's fair. My score is an 8.5. Alright. I was just like thinking about it going with the quarters, but you already criticized me the other day. Why did you give it a 5 from my side, dude? 
Sorry, I meant to give it a... I thought I took eight point. Yeah, I think that is, for me, is better than uh, Inland Empire. Which you gave an eight. Okay. Yeah. That's consistent. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I was actually checking like the score of La Ventura and I think that I gave it an eight. That's the reason why I, would, like, I need to rewrite La Ventura, because there are like things on La Ventura that they felt better than this movie. Like, visually. What, what did I give La Ventura? A, ten. a perfect 10. Yep. Because it's a perfect film. Thank you. <laughs> sure. So, uh, what are we watching next? Um, so, Lenote was a little bit of a surprise. Yep. A happy surprise, because we were both in sure. Chicago, they were showing Antonioni. So, I'm picking as a follow up to Inland Empire. My straight story. Inland Empire finished your David Lynch? Yeah. God damn it. Inland Empire was the last of the David Lynch films you hadn't seen. Yep. The straight story is the last of the David Lynch films yep. I hadn't seen. So, yeah, looking forward to watching it. Yeah, seeing these and completing the picture for YouTube. Yeah. And uh, anything else to say about all of it? This is a great bar, LNL Tavern. <laughs> and to all of that audience there, if you're in Chicago, just come here. Otherwise, wash your hands. <laughs> Bye.